Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Tiffany Harnsong Cram. And you may have recognized her from a previous podcast episode. And gosh, you just meet some of these people in life and you just think, okay, we were just supposed to meet. We're just supposed to know each other. We're supposed to connect. And Tiffany is definitely one of those people. So we honestly wanted a chance to catch up and then want to bring you in for part of our conversation. How are you, (laughs) Tiffany? Yeah, doing really well. Thank you. So we want to talk about reclaiming your power through conflict. And when you were sending me some ideas of what to say, I was like, ooh, that one, that's amazing. So tell people what you mean by that. Well, you know, to me, it is the juxtaposition, kind of the conflict is the highlight when you're tested. You know, you have a situation that's brought to you, whether it's I mean, in our in our context with divorce coaching, it's like your parents are disapproving or you're fighting over conflict, uh, the, the custody of your kids, or you have a combative ex that, you know, is hurling abuses or not wanting to coordinate with different things. And it's your opportunity to really have that magnifying glass over, you know, your identity, your boundaries, how you're going to show up in that moment. And what resources that you're going to extract from yourself, you know, if you have those in there um, to see, it's a fantastic training ground, actually. So I, I like conflict in that sense. It can be one of our greatest teachers. And it's not a training ground people want to go through. But as you were speaking, I kind of thought, well, how do I develop great bicep muscles without ever lifting a weight? You know, which is sometimes yeah. how how do I get good at conflict without going through conflict or learning how to show up in conflict differently? I, I, well, we have conflict all day long, you know, I mean, some more than others. And, and there are times that we can sort that out. But any time that you've got somebody that's just said something to you or that disagrees with you or maybe, you know, you want to go to Chinese food and your spouse wants to go to this other, you know, place. Um we can take those kinds of opportunities to go why okay why am i bothered about this first of all like why is this an issue for me um but then we can find those kinds of little little hooks and triggers about you know well he always gets to pick or he always get you know like what what is the reason why and then if we solve in those little times then we're much more lucid when larger conflicts come about but i think conflict is you know what how we say contrast it's giving us options of, of different choices that we can make with our own reactions, with our own emotional reactions or perspectives about why things are the way they are and who actually has the power to decide, Mm. you know, am I the one with the power here? And how to show up as your most powerful self. Like, even if you may feel powerless in a situation and obviously in some points of conflict, we have more personal power and decision-making than others. Uh, But do you think about it as kind of showing up as what version of yourself do you want to bring to this conversation? I don't think of it in that way so much as I think of it as how am I seeing myself in this situation? And 
The biggest trouble that we get in that I've noticed in, in conflictual situations is the negation of our power that's already there. We're not admitting how powerful we are and we don't want to take responsibility necessarily for how powerful we are because that can be really scary. Having a sense of total freedom, you know, like if I want to, I can set the house on fire right now. Yes, I can, but I don't, but I have the power to do that. I will never admit it or tell anybody that I have the power, you know, to do amazingly wonderful things. I have the power to build my own businesses. I have the power to, you know, enrich myself. I've got the power to travel. Um, you know, we're, we're much more comfortable in, in saying like, I, oh, they're keeping me from doing that, or I don't have enough this to do that, or because I have to make these other people happy, I can't travel, or because I can't, you know, because I have to take care of so-and-so, I can't build my own business, or like we're constantly giving away our power to other people, and we get really upset about it, uh, and really frustrated and bitter about it, then when we kind of remember who we are, you know, remember how powerful we are and that we're the ones that get to make the decisions here um, for ourselves. I mean, of course, it's, we have to live with the consequence of those decisions, but we get to make the decisions. Um, and so, because of that, you know, it's, it's, it's a different way of, it's just remembering. Within your divorce coaching, yeah. what are some steps that you take people through to start to reclaim that power? This one isn't necessarily a particular process that I have about reclaiming power. There are some exercises that I take people through. Um, one of which is remembering what you have accomplished and remembering what you have overcome in the past, because we have this terrible habit of like looking forward to all of the challenges and, oh, I have to do this. And then I have to do this. And oh my gosh, this challenge. And we don't look backwards and just go, oh my gosh, look at what I like. I just raised these kids. I just gave birth to these children. I just got myself out of debt. I just got this amazing job that I never thought I could get. We're like, okay, check next, you know, check the box and, and move on to the next without like really appreciating the amount of hardship we've overcome, the amount of resources we've had to gather to be able to go through the things and, and, and thrive in the ways that we have. Um, so, so that's one, that that's one of them, but also just in everyday life, when people get upset, like in the case of divorce, for example, you know, oh, well, um, I, I can't do this because my ex-husband wouldn't be happy about this, or he might get upset if we decide to do that. And it's just the reminder of, okay, who, who are you allowing to make the decision here? What's mm -hmm. the best decision for you? What's the best decision for your kids? You know, who, who are you giving the power to in this moment? And why are you not trusting yourself to make the absolute best decision for yourself and the kids, which is inevitably the best decision for everybody? Because when you're taking care of yourself and when you're taking care of your children, you know, it's up to them to take care of themselves. And if everybody's taking care of themselves, we have a really healthy planet. We have really mm -hmm. healthy people. You know, you're just responsible for that bit of it. There's no, there's no way you can appease everyone else's needs while negating your own. It's, it's really, you know, functioning out of debt. So reminding, you know, in all of those situations to, to stay with yourself. So I always make a joke and say, you know, in all my coaching and Tiffany, I 
that you're the same way. Uh, within your coaching, no one ever comes and says, you know, my mom, she was just so emotionally healthy. She was high functioning. She was confident. She felt really comfortable about who she was and, you know, asked for help when appropriate, but then was self-reliant when appropriate. And, and she just had this really great balance and flow in life. And I'm just really messed up from that. I just, uh, you know, it's really mm-hmm. bothered me. I have a lot of trauma left over from my mother being so emotionally healthy. And, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, as right. you giggle, it's like, yeah, but we tell ourselves, oh, if I do something for myself or invest in myself or take the time to get myself together, I'm doing mm-hmm. a disservice to my kids or my job or whoever in my life I feel obligated to. However, no one yeah. ever says I have such a high functioning, healthy, confident, emotionally healthy parent. It's really messed me up. Yeah. And that's, that kind of ties back to the idea of wealth too, because I've worked with really, really wealthy people. And when we consider, you know, the amounts of life energy and the amount of time that we're willing to trade for money, because we want to give that to our kids, because we think that kids need money, they need to be taken care of, but the wealth that these extremely, you know, financially wealthy people don't have is that emotional security is that, um, you know, the way to be with people, way to love themselves. Uh, Many times that part is missing. And when we think of the wealth that we want to pass on to our children, this is something that we've built up in ourselves first. You know, the idea of self-love, the idea of really understanding who you are and what you're here to do and how to love others, how to communicate with others, how to be in relationship to yourself and others, that's like wealth that nobody can touch, right? Like literally nobody can touch. And if you have that in yourself, it doesn't matter what conflict comes up in your life. Mm. It's not going to touch you. Or, you know, if it's a physical one, you, you can recover very, very quickly, but you're solid. That's the kind of wealth that we need to pass, build first and then pass on to our children um, so that they can handle whatever conflict is going to arise in, in their lives. That's a huge step up, you know, when I see my kids, you know, figuring out their own emotions and why they reacted in such a way with their sister or that they were marrying. And now they're like, oh, you're projecting. Oh, that was just a mirror. It's <laughs> like, yes. 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 Well, and I had that conversation with my son this week and I said, the lessons you're having to learn are hard now, but the way these lessons will protect you long-term, the gift of this, that, you know, projecting, I'm not sure when that word became more, I guess, maybe life coach knowledge, not necessarily common knowledge, but but kind of life coach knowledge, divorce coach knowledge, Uh, you know, but at some point we certainly did not grow up understanding that concept, hearing that word, understanding uh, manipulation, you know, people trying to Uh, make you not trust yourself, trust them instead of you. We didn't grow up learning that. No, no, really. And uh, we weren't, we were taught to kind of haggle and vie for power with others rather than to figure out where true power comes from and how to work collaboratively with others so that we would all be in our power. That was, you know, it was, um, how do you call it? Like a zero sum game. If I have power, then you don't. Right. And so you're always trying to figure out who's got the power, who's got more power, who can, you know, make the move and who can like it, it's really um, very destructive. And 
I'm not sure if this is coming from, you know, biological programming or a scarcity program, kind of a fear program that we've got, but we need to get past that point to, you know, be with ourselves and be with our own power and allow other people to take responsibility for themselves and their own power. Um, and, and when we're jumping in in their place, it's not helping them. No. You know, when we're jumping in and taking over their power and making decisions for them and help quote unquote, helping them many times, it's, it's actually disabling them. It's a negation of their power. And I had a conversation with a personal friend this week about that. And she said, I keep saving my children hmm. and uh, her children are young. They're, you know, nine and below, but she said, I've got to stop saving my children because they're never going to learn how to save themselves. And we're not talking about the children being physically abused or starving or anything like that. You know, it's little things that um, talking about going back to those little negotiations, those little points of power, those little points of conflict and learning from that so that when the big things come, those muscles have been built. And she recognized that she was not building those muscles in her kids. Yeah. Probably should. Really good point. Really good point. Because many times the conflicts that we have are about us not staying in our own lane and going and trying to help somebody else and them not wanting our help. Them not want, you know, you need to do this. You should do that for your own health. You need to. And then them pushing back on it, um, you know, instead of saying you need to solve your addiction problem or you need to stop lying or we're not going to do this and this you know, we have a lot of conflict over that because we're all up in their business and they're a sovereign person. You know, they get to decide if they want to be an addict or not. They get to decide, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they need to evolve or seek help or if if that's something that they even want to do. And you get to decide what you have power over, which is your own boundary. I refuse to be with you when you're drinking. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I refuse to um, trust you with something because you've lied to me in the past. It doesn't need to be conflictual. It's just when everyone is very clear on who who has the power to decide what, and that you're going to have conflict when you're all up in other people's power, um, you know, then it becomes very clean. And it's not messy. It's not this big dramatic thing. It's just a statement of, you know, this is this is what I would like. This is how I am best. This is how I want to live. And now you decide. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it sucks out the drama of the conversation. And, but it's, I was talking to a client about that and said, you know, your kids need you to lead by example, not become obsessed with how to change your kids, or become obsessed with how to change your spouse or your friends or your whatever. And it's uh, a lady kind of laughed and she goes, gosh, it's just so hard to think about your own problems. (laughs) Yeah. more convenient to think about what your daughter should do your sister should do yeah your yeah co-worker should do and uh, and uh, much more ineffective you know um, yes. when I say what's your life strategy how are you looking to build your confidence build your wealth build your health build your relationships build your emotional um wealth and you know they say oh I'm gonna worry about everyone else it's like oh well Okay, well, that, that's one way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yep, that's I not, not, one way to do not much of anything. Right, Truly. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
would it be okay with you if we both kind of described what it felt like when we were in our own personal power? Kind of like if somebody needs, um, yeah. yeah, I, cause I think that would be a really Absolutely. cool thing for our audience to hear. Um, and you're welcome to go first or I can go first. I, I don't, I don't mind. Um, what I, you know, probably the most poignant memory that I have of, you know, a really, really stark memory that I have of a time when I had to reclaim my power was when I was fighting for custody with my ex-husband, because that was cutting to like the deepest, most urgent part of me, right? Where I felt like my reaction was if he has this much time with the kids, or if he's talking to the kids in this way, then it's going to remove my ability to be a good mother. It's going to remove my identity as a, at the time I was a stay at home mother um, or as a good mother. Cause I felt like that was important to be a stay at home mother when they were little in that time. Um, and when I had the realization that there was nothing he could do to make me a bad mother, there was nothing that he could do that would make me not give my kids the love and the support and the, um, you know, all, all the things that I wanted to give them, the richness that I wanted to give them. He didn't have any control over that. I had, give, I had mentally given him that power when it just wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I realized that no matter what happened, the girls and I would be fine. Mm-hmm. We would always have that relationship. Now, you know, he and the girls were a different story. I don't know what would happen there. You know, that is their business. And unfortunately, I don't have any control over that or fortunately. But, you know, when it came to me, I was going to be whoever I wanted to be, however I wanted to be, regardless of how he was. I love that. I love that example. Um, And I could give some of that example in my own life, but I won't <laughs> choose something else uh, to, uh, and I didn't know what I was going to say, you know, as we asked that question and talked about that question, but gosh, that what I heard you say is re- staying in your own lane, regardless of what you yeah. do, this is who I'm going to be. This is who my kids are going to see. And your darkness cannot steal my light or your light has nothing to do yeah. with my light. You know, it, it, yeah, it doesn't even shadow it. Like there is no shadow there, you know, it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. No, I love it. So I think when I think about standing in my power, it's when there's a problem solve or something, a life event or decision to make, you know, something happens in life conflict arises and I know how solid I am in someone not being able to get me not to trust myself. Right. Mm, So in times of the past, every time there was a decision to make or a problem to solve, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Because I, I did not have that own muscle strengthened in my own life of, okay, how have I handled this in the past? What worked, what didn't? How do I, you know, how can I use the skills that have worked for me in the past to bring into this situation, to bring uh, into this problem, to bring in this uh, decision to yeah. be made? And going back to what you said before, like we get really afraid of our future and we don't take inventory of our past, of where our strengths are, what has worked for us. 
um, where we have been strong. And so I'll, I'll tie it back to, to what you said too. Um, and I feel really solid in my power. It's like, okay, I've handled worse. <laughs> I trust myself. When someone tries to get me not to trust myself, I recognize yeah. what's happening. I'm going to, you know, not double down, but, but be solid in who I am and really feel confident. And obviously that doesn't mean you don't ask for advice all the time. It just means standing in your power means not being thrown off course by someone who may not have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who would want you to veer from what your inner voice is telling you mm -hmm. uh, is, is not good for that mm -hmm. situation. You know, I mean, they, they might be a little bit misguided. They want, may want to try to help, but um, you know, clearly it's, it's, not good emotional hygiene because you have to stay true to your your core you have to stay true to yourself even if it seems like a good idea it's not a good idea for you right now it might be a good idea for somebody else or at another time it's not a good idea for you right now you know you're the only one that knows uh-huh i love the word emotional hygiene i'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> I love it. Well, Tiffany, tell people where they can find more out about you and your work. Yeah, I've got um, a free Facebook group called From Divorce to Destiny, which is all about how to deal with divorce consciously, um, especially if you're on a spiritual track. It's uh, yeah, there's a lot of emotional hygiene stuff on there. And I do coaching on from divorce to destiny .com. Um, so, you know, whether you need like somebody in your corner 24 seven, or you just want, um, people to chat with and commiserate with, but also see a different way of doing things, you know, to see kind of a, a loving conscious way of doing these transitions and not having it be this, this kind of warfare or this ongoing pain or guilt, but have it be just a really beautiful transition that's possible too. So there are, there are the resources for that. And um, yeah, so I'm easy to find from divorce to destiny. From divorce to destiny. Tiffany, thank you for helping us today on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you. Do you want to help other people who've been in toxic relationships? Of course you do. I hear it all over from people who are good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving. So some ways you can do that is to leave a review for the podcast so people know this is great information or leave a review for the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof. So people know it's not just about studying narcissism. It's about creating an amazing life after narcissism. You can leave reviews anonymously. And I want to say thank you so much for helping other people and not just being a consumer of information, but helping give back to people just like you were earlier in your journey that are confused, that don't know who to trust. And when you leave a review, even if it's anonymous, then you help them on their journey. You pay it forward. You help the world become a better place so toxic people stop winning and the good people start winning. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all 
three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.